This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, 6 o'clock Thursday, the 25th of August. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run in front of me in his dashing blue tracksuit top, very 1970s, is Keith Kam. It's got like these three stripes running down the, the, the sleeves, very Adidas looking. And of course, I'm Wong Xiaoning. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to say to that. It's very nice. It's very <laughs> retro. You're on trend. It's basically what I, I well, I'm not going to admit it, but you know, I don't tell really me it really is from the 1970s. <laughs> I, I didn't take a lot of effort dressing up this morning. Just, I just call it vintage, pull, dear. Pull, vintage. Pulled it off the the the, the, the rack. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Well, as usual, we have a very packed show, um, and the, what we're going to do is actually look at the outcome of the well. It seemed like almost like a, a many, many years ago, but it was actually literally uh, just two days ago when our ex-Prime Minister was convicted and has spent two nights in jail right now, by now, today. today. Two, two nights, but not... Um, and to, I, today I, he's actually going for the 1MDB trial, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, today he's, he's being let out to, to attend uh, uh, court at the KL High Court Complex. Mm. Uh, and I don't think he stayed two nights in Kajang Prison because from okay. what I read, he was transferred to the Sungai Bulu Prison yesterday. Okay, but anyway, we're going to look at all the repercussions of this conviction. Firstly, mm. looking at it from the perspective of corruption and how we can actually improve the institutions within the country and also ask ourselves a question as Malaysians, right? Um, why do we allow corruption to happen? Have we normalised it? Should we normalise it, right? Because And we shouldn't. Clearly, we shouldn't, right? We shouldn't. So these are the questions we're going to ask uh, Dr. Muhammad Mohan, President of Transparency International, because Unfortunately, even among my friends, people say, oh, nothing's going to change. What difference does it make? And I really beg to differ. Everyone says it's more like a, like a perception when it comes to corruption, but it actually is happening and yes. it actually is impacting everyone. Yes. So uh, Dr. Mohan, President of Transparency International, is going to tell us exactly how and why we should pay attention. Uh, what happens at 7.30, Keith? At 7.30, winter is coming figuratively and literally for the UK and, and Europe uh, and not just on HBO. We speak to... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's obsessed with this. I watched it a second time. What can I say? We speak Speak to Craig Earlham, uh, Senior Market Analyst at Oanda, about the health of the economy there. Then at 7.45, like we say, first time in our history that a Malaysian Prime Minister has been convicted and sentenced to jail. But what repercussions does this have with his party, UMNO, and even the opposition? Dr. Asmin Hassan, Senior Research Fellow at Nusantara Academy for Strategic Research, gives us those answers. Uh, but we're heading into some messages and we'll be back after this. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. 6.08, Thursday the 25th of August. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run with the very dapper Keith Kam and I'm Wong Xiaoning. And that song was All You Need Is Love by The Beatles. But it sounded like a remix version, didn't it? No, I, I was actually taken aback by the uh The intro. beginning. The, yeah, because yeah. They, they played La Marseillaise, the French uh, national anthem, and I almost wanted to stand. Oh, of course, Fra- <laughs> Keith Kam being the Francophile. But uh, you know what? I don't agree with these lyrics because I think, yeah, love is important, but it's not all you need. Well, in you the need six- more, more than love. They, they were, to be honest, they were actually going with the whole flower power theme back in the 60s, 70s. Mm. So, yeah, it worked then. Doesn't it work should to- work today, but... No, the realist Wong Xiaoning <laughs> knocking on the door saying, no, it's not enough. You need much more than that. Uh, but at 6.09 at this time of the morning, we always look at these interesting art- articles um, that we want you to think about 
to ponder over and maybe have a bit of a reflection moment, just like us. And I chose this one. It's from The Economist. It's from Butler B, which I love. Uh, and recently, we discovered that she's a woman. Oh, okay. Yeah, or at least at that that article that I read, it was disclosed that it was a woman. And I'm curious, is it the same person that writes this column every week or does it go on rotation? And we have no clue. Because in The Economist, unless you listen to the podcast, there are no bylines. You don't know who the author is. Which actually kind of is interesting because it keeps, uh, it, it, it doesn't show you that there is any particular personal bias no, to it. Exactly. Yeah. And do you know they don't call themselves a magazine, even though they come out weekly? They call themselves a newspaper. Yeah, I, know, I read that somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. I find that all very fascinating. I think mean, this is all the history from The Economist. But anyway, this uh, article is entitled, When to Trust Your Instincts as a Manager, Deliberation Does Not Always Make Sense. And I chose this partially because. We both manage people, don't we, Keith? Yeah, we do, yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, how much do you rely on your instincts when it comes to your team? Maybe uh, a lot more than I should. <laughs> but it's just... It's, why, why? It, I mean, like, it's, like, it's, only, it's only that uh, I think I rely more, not so much on my instincts, but, okay. what, but the experience that I've gained over the you know, 30, 40 years that I've been, I've been working. Um, I, I find that... I find that when you manage people, mm. you also kind of need to know what other people do. You know how things how things work. Yes. Uh, I, I I helped uh, with my I helped my dad with his uh, air conditioning company at one time. Okay. I actually crawled into air conditioning ducts just to sh- just to understand what uh, other people do. So when I ask someone to do something, you know exactly what it what is required, what expect, right? Uh, yeah, I know what to expect. The difficulties mm. that are that mm. are that are involved in it. Sometimes I do it secretly b- b- before they they actually come in. Just you know, yeah, just to maintain that level of uh, knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> I think what is interesting here is that instinct is important, and maybe you rely on it even more than you would otherwise. Once that instinct is built on years of experience, right? right? It's not just instinct on something new that you've never done before. But instinct comes, the good type of instinct comes with layers and layers of work yeah. and layers and layers of interaction with the people in your office. And research as well, I yeah. have to add, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's when I think, yeah, you should rely on your instinct sometimes more than try to be too organized and methodical about things. Uh, being OCD and, and planning things out uh, and expecting everything to go according to plan is never a good thing. Because Are you describing me? Are you describing me? <laughs> I'm describing myself, actually. <laughs> I do remember at one time um, I, would, I would go nuts if something if I've planned something out and something else comes in to interrupt that plan and... I'd be lost. You know, okay, for me, I'm slightly different. I like to plan everything as much as possible because I think then it gives me the headspace to cope if something doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, at least I've prepared maybe 60% of the way, 70% of the way. And if the 30% doesn't go according to plan, I have to headspace to manage it versus if I had nothing planned and then it's just all haywire and kalam kabut. doesn't work for me also. But I over time, I think here at BFM, I would like to admit that I'm not very good at following my instinct. I'm too methodical, right? I'm very, I'm very, very OCD, as all of y'all would know. I should actually be more reliant on my instinct. And the other thing, trust my colleagues a bit more with their instincts also. 
Ah, that's really important too. too. I, I like to have things um, structured in front of me, not to a point where, you know, if it's got to be A, it's got to be A. But, you know, if, if, it's, if it's A and if that doesn't work, I have an, I have an option to follow. That's uh, generally how I work. Yeah, so let us know what you think. You can WhatsApp in 018-789-8899. Or, of course, you can tweet in. Our handle is at BFM Radio. We really like to know... How, whether you trust your instinct or are you the kind that has second thoughts all the time and think, hmm, I don't always make the best decisions on the fly. Um, we'll be back after these messages. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. 6.20, Thursday, the 25th of August. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run. And that was Ordinary World by Duran Duran. Which, by the way, Keith Calm went to see their concert in the 1990s, didn't you, Keith? 1994, actually, I remember. Oh, wow. I, was, I was still working and I got free tickets to, 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 the, to the concert with, uh, with a bunch of other friends. Okay. And, and it, what was uh, what's Simon LeBond my favourite bon. man I, I like John Taylor actually but you know that's another story they were all cool they were all cool <laughs> we used to follow their fashion as well what struck me was what, uh, about the concert that was really really um, interesting was the fact that you know they, they went there singing their, their latest releases including you know uh, Ordinary World just now which is a newer song yeah which is a newer song for that time and everyone was politely uh, you know clapping, clapping. along singing along just you know, just having a having a good time. But the second half of the concert, when they switched to their eighties um, hits like you know, uh, Planet Earth, Rio, Girls on Film, Hungry Like the Wolf, the stadium just went crazy. So let me guess how old the crowd was. <laughs> we knew how old everyone was. We just couldn't relate to the new stuff at that time. Well, I wonder what would happen if they came for a concert in uh, to KL. You know, would 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 it, would it be like who would be in the crowd? Probably you and I would be I, there, though. I have to admit, I know they've released some new stuff, but I don't think I've heard them. Well, a lot of older bands have released stuff over. Mm. The, um, ABBA did last year, didn't they? They did, yeah. And um, Banana Rama did just a couple did of they? weeks ago. Yes, they're still around. Oh my goodness! <laughs> We're having a retro moment here on BFM. Clearly, very nostalgic. Very nostalgic. Now, moving on to something totally, totally, totally <laughs> unrelated, which was chosen by Keith Kam because you are a foodie, aren't you? I'm, I, yeah, I am. I am. I, I, I don't mean to bug you with this. Ha <laughs> pun there. It's actually from the Guardian, and it's entitled "Insects Could Give." meaty taste to food and help environment scientists fine okay hands up here in this room how many people have eaten insects and we did a little bit of a, of a survey and guess what all of us have you have I have and the producer Simon Boon has also had his fair share of insects right and uh, you all were discussing the flavours the crunchiness okay I hate it. <laughs> I know it's good for the environment and there's plenty of it and it's cheap source of protein. But so far, the, the few insects I've tried, and you, I'll be honest, I tried it in Thailand, I tried it in Cambodia, you, I tried it in China, more for the novelty of it. I don't know whether it was just cooked badly, but I didn't like it. You know, it was, some of it just tasted weird, some of it was crunchy, and then that was it. I've had some good ones, but um, I, I have to admit the the only one that was actually from the from the street was the one in Korea, and they were they were mealworms. Uh, they were they were stir fried with a bit of salt and pepper, mm. uh, and when you eat it, they do taste a bit like uh, like liver, and I kind of like liver, so you know that's 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 probably that's probably for me. T- tells you yeah. that it's very very rich in iron mm. then. Yeah. But do you think that this is a, a, a good way to solve some of the issues that we are facing? And one of which, of course, is the question about food security. And inflation, inflationary pressures has also made this, I think, the, the talk of eating insects more viable, right? Because food costs has really spiralled out of control on a year-to-date basis after the war in Ukraine. 
So I, could this be the way to feed the world? I guess uh, it would be a, a, a cheap and economic and environmental friendly way to feed um, you know, a, a vast amount of, of uh, a population. Of, mm. uh, and with the high levels of nourishment here, I think it would actually be good for every, everyone. But um, at the same time, starting on this new industry is going to take cost as well. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, when we, you know, when you look at like, for, for example, even things like non-meat alternatives, look at the current price of things. Oh, now. they're not, they're not Have cheap. You they're seen, not for the ordinary people. No, they're yeah. not. And actually, to be fair, we've, in Asia, we've always had non-meat alternatives which are affordable, like tempeh, Taofu is affordable, right? It's just that anything imported just gets crazy price, right? You look at it, my goodness, this burger is like, Two patties is 40 ringgit made from non, uh, from meat, non-meat things. And then you wonder, is that affordable? But I wonder whether insects could be something more affordable because what would the cost be like in... And how would you kind of... Is it in a farm? I mean, how does it, how does it happen? You can grow them in, in vast numbers. I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen how they cultivate um, silk, silkworms, for example. I mean, mm. it's, a, it's a dual industry there. You know, you cultivate them for the, for the larvae and which you end up eating and for the silk that they produce. So I think there's two aspects of this. There needs to be one commercialization of it, right? So mm. that it can be, you know, there's enough quantities for it to make sense. Then the second thing is maybe less so in Asia because people in Asia are generally adventurous. But if you're talking about, you know, developed countries, how do we get over the squeamishness of it? How do you make it something where hey, maybe it's even trendy and cool to eat? Just get a Kardashian to eat it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's as simple as that, right? Um, you know, like, is is it, how do we appeal? Like, how do we make it appealing? Is it like we have to localize it? It's, I don't know, you know, make like an insect chip, salt and, for example, in UK, come out with like crispy insects, salt and vinegar flavor, which is their most popular crisp flavor anyway. Maybe don't call it insect uh, because that word itself bugs people if you know ha, what I mean ha, 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 ha. like ha, I don't know um, what would be a, the best a, way a bit of uh, rebranding would be would be a good way uh, uh, including them into say um, a pizza for example uh, where you know it's it's mixed with anchovies and, and pineapple and, and, <laughs> okay I'm going to get some haters <laughs> out there but let us know what you think you can tweet in our handle is at BFM radio or whatsapp in 018 up next is of course the 6.30am news News Bulletin. And to take us out is Spiderwebs by No Doubt. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, 6.40 Thursday, the 25th of August. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run with Kikam and I'm Wong Shaoning. And that song was Gone With The Wind Is My Love by Rita and the Tiaras. And Keith and I were bobbing our heads to it. We just love it. It's got a very 1950s, uh, 1950s vibe to it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, 50s, 60s sort of uh, You're almost like vibe. imagining that yeah. you're driving a convertible. Yeah, and, and the wind is in your hair. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, not um, that you have much hair, but yeah. <laughs> okay, I my Im- hair. <laughs> I can I can imagine women wearing wearing uh, mini skirts, uh, sort of like if you, if you remember the model Twiggy. Yes. Yeah, sort of like that, and then and then the guys would look like uh, James D. I'm I'm mixing up all the decades here, but it doesn't it's matter. Like, it's obviously <laughs> what the the best of all the decades, yeah, right? Yeah. And talking about music, Ro actually wrote in and said that. Uh, 
Duran Duran have been to KL Shouting, PWTC, and yes, I went and it was fab. April 1994, yes. Oh, it was like <laughs> yesterday, wasn't it, Keith? It certainly was. Okay, so anyway, at this time of the morning, we always look through what has caught our eye in the international papers, the press. Uh, why don't you start, Keith? Yeah, the big uh, news yesterday, uh, also for, for us, was uh, apart from that, I mean, but this is international, Ukraine's 31st Independence Day celebration. Uh, it also coincided with the sixth month anniversary of Russia's invasion. Uh, looking at the pictures, it shows a very different kind of celebration because um, uh, parades were, were not allowed uh, mm. in, in for safety reasons. But uh, some of the photos that I looked lining the main avenue of Kiev, you could see burnt out Russian military equipment, tanks, armoured vehicles, rocket launchers. Uh, all these were captured over the past six months. They displayed them on the main avenue and people were like, you know, just going in and, and looking at it. It was such a, to me, it was such a bizarre way to celebrate, but I suppose they need to remind their citizens that the war effort is going on. Mm. It's honestly grinding, grinding down. No one can claim victory at this point. So I was listening to a podcast this morning on Bloomberg. And Bloomberg, this contributor, which is an ex-admiral, he was asked, you know, what's, will, will peace ever be achieved? What will the outcome be? And he says, you know, don't be surprised if it ends, like, ends up like the Korean War, whereby the the two countries are still at war until today. And that the war started in the 1960s. So you just come to this point where some sort of borders get established and then everybody gets back to their life, but it's a heightened state of conflict. And yeah. there's no easy resolution. And I thought about it. That's actually really sad to think that this happen- This is happening in 2022. But yesterday, we did speak to the Shah's affairs, right, at the yeah. embas- um, the Ukraine embas- embassy in Malaysia. Yeah, Dennis Mikhailuk, uh, you, should, you should check it out. It was a very, very good uh, conversation uh, on, on his take on what's mm. happening in, in his home country, how they're celebrating the uh, Independence Day amid the six-month anniversary of uh, Russia's invasion. Boris Johnson also paid a surprise visit to, to, to them. At the same time, um, if you remember, President Vladimir Zelensky warned of a cruel assault as well on, on uh, from Russia. And there was a missile strike on a train station in the eastern part of the country that killed some 20-odd people. Uh, it's like, you know, uh, what, what can you say, right? Uh, Not very much, but um, there's some news coming out from our neighbours, actually, because the Thai court has, this is according to Bloomberg, it came out last evening, Thai court suspends P... Prime Minister Prayut. Prayut Chanocha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stroking intrigue as vote nears. So, uh, eight years ago, then Army Chief uh, Prayut Chanocha staged a coup in Thailand and ripped up the constitution. This is Bloomberg. And on Tuesday, he was suspended as Prime Minister until a court determines whether he violated the new charter produced by his allies. Because apparently he can only be Prime Minister for eight years. And That's a term limit. Yeah, yeah, so the question is, has he breached that term limit? <laughs> and I think the courts have to decide. Uh, so we'll find out. We'll, we will, of course, be monitoring this story. Um, I've got another Thailand-related one. And this one was is, is the result of uh, the Russia-Ukraine war, which has impacted the price of instant noodles there. Um, they're well-known for the mama noodles, which mm. you know I always get a shopping list for if I go there. 
because for the first time in 14 years, and also this is the time when inflation is at its 14-year high in, in Thailand, the government has approved the first price increase for the for instant noodles in, in general wow. over there. It used to be capped at 6 Thai baht, roughly about 70, 80 cent. Now uh, it's capped at 7 Thai, thai baht. That's, yeah. I wonder whether that will impact the poor in Thailand though, because a lot of them eat it as yes, their main it's source a staple, of uh, yeah. yeah, Like for breakfast, I noticed even for lunch, right? It's something very affordable and easy to cook. So question marks over there. Now, based um, switching over to across the Atlantic to the US, um, this is Financial Times reporting that Joe Biden to cancel ten thousand US dollar of student debt for millions of America, more likely to please Democrats. But I think questions about whether this will stoke inflation. Bear in mind they are heading towards their midterms in November, so I'm not surprised if he does do some of these. Is it fair to say populist measures? It it looks that way. Uh, it looks that way. But at the same time, uh, there was uh, there was a revision in the number of jobs added as well, an upward revision. So watch the space. Yeah. Uh, but up next, of course, we've got some local headlines. Uh, but to but keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. And that was Honey Bee by an Unknown Mortal Orchestra. It is six fifty Thursday, the twenty fifth of. August and of course you're listening to the morning run and I just want to state up front I don't choose these songs I, I, I'm always fascinated by the names of the bands the lyrics they're all very cute that's why you should stick with uh, BFM because you know we you never do, know what you get we, you... We, yeah we do highlight a lot of songs that don't necessarily get the airplay but should get the airplay yeah and it, and it's all very uh, random so mm-hmm. there's something for everybody uh, but at this time of morning at 6.50 we're looking through all the local headlines that have caught our eye and uh, can I start? Because I find this very uh, cute. Well, not cute, but it's true. <laughs> and it's in Free Malaysia today. And it's Where's Joe Lo, co-author of 1MDB, Book Kicks Off New Search. So Bradley Hope, the co-author of that 1MDB scandal, has initiated, initiated a search on social media for the fugitive businessman at the centre of uh, the affair in a tweet. Hope said he wanted to start a new search better known, of course, as Joe Lo. And apparently tips are already streaming in. Help us get the word out to our friends in China. <laughs> I, I, I feel inspired now to come up with a book. Uh, Where's Joe Lo with a guy wearing a red and white striped shirt? <laughs> so apparently you can tweet in if you think uh, you know where Joe Lo is. Maybe you've spotted him. Some people probably come up with some pictures of him on social media. You know, has he lost weight? Is he is or is he bigger? Who knows, right? Grown facial hair. Yeah, yeah. has he done some plastic <laughs> surgery? Uh, but yeah, so maybe this is something that if you happen to be in China, let us know. Uh, what else has caught your eye? Keith? Um, so I laid out the um, the um, the physical newspapers this morning. Yeah, we still get them. Uh, front pages still quite nudget related. The NSD highlights the Malaysian Prisons Department's denial about the former PM getting special VIP did treatment. Did you see the pictures of the room? I, I did. I did. Yeah, there uh, was the like Yes. There was like big signs across it. So I mean, you you can do a lot with uh with with uh with with editing software and 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 social media. So you know, yeah, I would you think and, that you I would, and I can look attractive with yes, software. yeah. There's so many filters. That's another story. Uh, on Utusan Malaysia's front page, there is a small bit about Najib expecting to face four more cases related to one MDB because he's going to reappear at the KL High Court later this this morning. Uh, he is still facing four more charges related to one MDB. The star has highlighted a photo of a group of Najib supporters outside Istana Negara yesterday. Which caused a jam in uh, that, that, that road um, in Sri 
Yamas actually. They cause traffic chaos. Right. Uh, I think along Jalan Duta as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but this group wanted, uh, this group was submitting a mem- memorandum to the Agong because they want Najib to get a royal pardon. And uh, just to note that he has less than two weeks to get one or he will lose his uh, status. MP status, MP. right? Yeah. Sina Harian is also highlighting what happens now that Najib is in jail. Okay, so far we have not heard whether he has put in a request right for a pardon. We, no, we have not heard that. Okay. Uh, we are also staying on the well, somewhat related to to, Dansri, uh, to sorry to Najib. Is uh, PM Isma Sabri attended a political bureau meeting at Amno headquarters. Uh, he entered the building but actually really didn't say very much. So I think more than three hours later, the Perak Menteri Basar was the first to leave the meeting, but none of them actually wanted to be dragged into a conversation as to what Amno's plans are or were. I think a lot of speculation as to what does this mean for GE15? Will it be called earlier or will it now be delayed? Is Amno itself all regrouping because they may need to change their strategy? Uh, questions we will actually ask Dr. Asmin Hassan at 7.45, who is a Senior Research Fellow at Nusantara Academy for Strategic Research. Dr. Ahmad Mazdan also confirmed yesterday that there will be a special meeting at the Amno headquarters on Saturday. Okay. Uh, anything else caught your eye, Keith? Um, this one is something like uh, just a little bit of a reminder from our health director general, Tansri Dr. Nohisham Abdullah. It's just that COVID is not done with us. No, he, no, no, no. Please don't forget. Remember, keep your SOPs. Uh, mm. You're still expected to wear your mask, unlike Singapore, yeah. where they've actually dropped the requirement of wearing masks, except in public hospitals, hospitals, healthcare, and, and uh, public, public transport. transport. Yeah. Um, get your boosters, he says. Remain vigilant because uh, he was just looking at developments in other mm. countries and that there's a sign that the next wave might be might be coming. I wonder whether there's, a, there's going to be a new variant, right? Because that's our issue, right? With that, we can't seem to keep up with the variants out there and even the, the new boosters, right? Mm. Moderna is the first one I think that's going to come up with a variant, uh, sorry, with a booster that is particularly directed at the Omicron variant. But, um, I mean, variants so, I mean, are... It doesn't co- matter. Yeah. Just take any booster that you're entitled to. That's the message, actually. I mean, COVID notwithstanding as well, I had a mm. conversation with, uh, with a doctor yes, yesterday and did you know that there's like every year there's a, there's a 25 different influenza variants yes, going around. Yes. And they're different every year. Yeah, so, so I, I take the flu jab every year. Yeah. So we, it's maybe just going to be part and parcel of life. Now, very quickly, for those who are travelling, Malaysia can expect weak winds from August 27th to 30th, which is actually conducive to the formation of thunderstorm clouds, especially at night, i.e. get ready for very wet at rainy weather over the next few days. Uh, look out for the website um, www.met.gov.my uh, to keep updated because I think floods might yeah, be here. Yeah, if you're in flood-prone area, so yeah. So yeah, be careful about that. Um, but up next, of course, we've got the 7am news bulletin and to take us there is Don't Want Nobody to Lead Me On by The Dynamics. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.